0: We can invest more in our schools and increase support to parents. It's not an either-or proposition. We believe in providing more investment to the highest levels ever recorded under this progressive conservative government, in addition to providing over $1.6 billion of direct financial payments to parents.
1: There you go. That is the Education Minister, Mr. Stephen Lecce, telling parents, hey, the check's in the mail. So they announced on uh, Thursday... Parents will get up to 250 bucks to get their kids caught up in school. Maybe they need a bit of tutoring. I mean, there's no question kids have fallen behind, but they are no way making the grade in, in, in education, certainly not in, in uh, subjects like math, where provincial test standards reveal most grade 6 kids are failing. And this isn't new, and it's not because of COVID, as uh, the government is, is suggesting. I mean, kids have been falling behind in subjects like math for a long time. But uh, this is the second handout that the governments will send uh, parents. Remember, we got some during um, COVID so that parents could get extra help. And so I look at this and I think, like, is this the best we can do? Because 250 bucks is not really going to get you much of a tutor. If you're in Toronto, I mean, you might get two tutoring lessons. That That is not enough with the learning loss. And it's a drop in the bucket to what kids need. And so I do think, like, why hand the checks out? put it into the classroom. Let me bring in Michael Swagstrom He is a public high school teacher. He's also a senior fellow with the Frontier Center. He joins us now. Great to have you.
0: Well, thank you very much, Alex. It's good to be with you.
1: So I think this is an interesting perspective because you are someone who understands the classroom. You understand how kids learn. And this is something that you are very, very passionate about. Um, and, and so when you hear, and we've got a bunch of things we'll cover, but when you hear, like, p- parents will get a check, how do you see that? Do you see the, any value to this?
0: Well, it reeks of tokenism. It's sort of the, you know, where you're sending a check to parents to try to give them a tiny bit of support. And uh, as you mentioned in your intro, it really is a tiny amount. Uh, I think the best thing you could say about these checks to parents is that it won't do any harm, which is sometimes the most I can expect of government these days, is that it doesn't do any more damage uh, with with bad policies. But uh, uh, do I think it's going to make a big difference for student learning? No, I think it's more of a, a token thing that the government's trying to signal to parents they're doing something.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the, the time to catch the kids up. I mean, now the conversation is, well, we have to get the kids caught up now. And I'm like, no, no, that, that conversation needed to happen a long time ago when they were still locked down, losing even more education that they couldn't afford to leave. And so I'm not sure that we're even having the proper conversations about all the learning loss uh, that kids have gone through during the last couple of years.
0: Well, I think we need to recognize that the extended school closures were profoundly damaging, and Ontario had longer school yeah. closures than any other jurisdiction in Canada. I think even in North America, it, uh, it that was profoundly damaging. And in terms of things the government uh, could do that's positive, we need an absolute ironclad guarantee that schools are staying open. And I know that's what the government has been saying lately. But there's significant labor disruption uh, potentially coming up with support staff, potential strike coming up soon, and teachers could go and strike later this year. Uh, we need the government to signal clearly that uh, that we're going to make education and essential services. There are two provinces, Manitoba and Prince Edward Island, and I'm in one of them, Manitoba. Teachers cannot go and strike, and we haven't been able to yeah. do so for decades, and that is great. And so we need absolute stability. That's just a fundamental that we need starting right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's something that I've come around on. I mean, I know that the arbitration would mean forking out more money, but I think at this point, 30 years into nonstop labour unrest in the province of Ontario with parents and kids kind of caught in the middle every three or four years of labour uh, disruption, I think more and more uh, minds are opening to make it essential, you know, pay now, but get some stability. And I, I don't know uh, if teachers would welcome it or not, but I certainly think we need this uh, for the kids.
0: Well, I think teachers, uh, I'm a teacher, I I prefer being on the classroom as opposed to the idea of being on a picket line. I think every teacher should prefer that. And so having stability is just uh, seems like an obvious one. And again, in Manitoba, uh, you know, our salaries and benefits are fairly similar to what they are in other provinces. And we haven't had strikes uh, since the 1950s when the teachers union gave up the right to to strike in return for the the binding arbitration. And so uh, there is a lot to be said for having a guarantee that school's on every single day.
1: Yeah, no question about it. Well, we'll see how things go, because we are headed for more turbulence. But then let me talk to you about these math scores, because um, the EQAO testing has come out again, showing that kids in grade six are failing again. This is not new. They're trying to blame COVID. This has been going on now for a long time. Some people, um, Michael, say, look, this is not the way we should be uh, testing kids, and this is not actually accurate. Um, you know, um, This is not a good way to portray what they are and aren't learning. Where do you stand on this? Because I know I know the unions really want to get rid of this, but how do you see the results of this and what it tells us?
0: What's, what's important to note is that the EQAO numbers are showing the same thing that PISA shows, which is the International Assessment, which shows the same thing as uh, the Pan, uh, the, uh, the PCAP, the Pan-Canadian Assessment Program. All of these shows similar trend lines that particularly in math, provinces like Ontario are declining. These are real numbers you can't blame it on simply the provincial assessment branch here there's a real problem with the math curriculum there's far too much of a direction in favor of discovery math and I know that advocates of it hate that term they say it's not real it is real we need math where we students actually have memorization where they learn standard algorithms i know the government has signaled that with new curriculum they're really trying to go in that direction but they, there's been a lot of fits and starts stops and starts here where they had the problem with some of the stuff in the grade nine math curriculum that they had to take out because it had this weird stuff in there that seemed to be more about woke ideology as opposed to actual Mm -hmm. math. And they're being undermined by their own department in many cases. They need to be clear about what they want and to actually go in that direction
1: yeah i mean look i think we, we we spend far too much time dealing with social stuff in the schools rather than the basics of you know reading writing arithmetic all the, the things that are the basics and I, I think we have to get back to that because i think kids are showing year to year that they're not grasping the education that they absolutely need and we're already dealing michael with a generation that the two years of learning loss with covid they're already being set up uh, to kind of be behind uh, in earning or potential so they've got that going uh, against them but if, if they're not learning the right way um, then we're failing them again. But again, when you're dealing with, you can, you can change things in a private system because when you're paying for that kind of education, there's an expectation that, you know, the education uh, fits the child. In a public setting, it's not as easy because the classrooms are bigger, the budgets aren't there. But how do you teach children, uh, better in, in subjects like math when every child has such a different learning curve?
0: Well, you, you have, by by providing the best instruction that we can, and that means where you have the teacher clearly in charge of the class, where you have clear instructions, where supports are provided to students who need that extra help as necessary, and where you teach things in a logical, sequential way, where you're building up skills and knowledge. Uh, and so you need to have that clear, focused approach. That is, the research evidence supports that type of approach in subjects like math and in other subjects as well. And so you need a directional shift where we actually make that the focus as opposed to bringing in the politics and the social justice and all those sorts of things, which could be relevant in their own areas. But when you're in a subject like math, you need to have the fundamentals in place before you can do anything else.
1: Yeah, and not every kid's going to get them. I mean, my son, is, is thr- he loves math, where I'm horrified because I, <laughs> I'm utterly useless in it. So uh, I won't be much used to helping him. But nonetheless, would you get rid of this testing? Do you agree with the unions that, the, that this particular standardized testing uh, is not good?
0: Oh, no, I would keep the testing. The testing, because it. when you get rid of the testing, then you, then you lose the information. I want to have the information about how kids are doing. If you take away the testing, yeah. then you're operating in the dark. And uh, how much sense does that make?
1: Well, it doesn't. And that's kind of how I see it. But you'll get a lot of pushback from from the unions and or teacher groups who will say, look, it doesn't really reflect how they're doing. It. It's not an accurate way uh, to find out if they've grasped the skills, you know, these tests. It's just not the right way to do it. And so uh, I look at it. And I think a lot of parents will look at it to get gauge. Okay, how's my kid doing? And If we don't know how they're doing, then we can't correct what they're not learning.
0: Yeah, I don't think that it, may, it would make sense in any field of life to take away the uh, you know, an objective assessment. And so, again, the point here is that the EQAO, the results there, is the, similar to what other standardized assessments show. And so either they are just all happen to be wrong in the same direction together, or they're all pointing towards a common trend. And, yes, I know that unions want to get rid of those tests, but isn't that it seems a little convenient that that would seem to get rid of a lot of accountability. And accountability is important in education.
1: Can you come teach here? Boy, oh, boy. All right, Michael. Breath of fresh air. Appreciate your time. Thanks so much.
0: You're welcome. Have a good day.
1: That is Michael uh, Swagstra, who uh, writes a lot about education from his perspective, which is in a classroom. So uh, I think it's interesting uh, what he had to say.